You are listening to The Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman, where Black excellence is always trending. Welcome to today's episode with your host, Andrea Spearman. Joining us today is Reverend Vikia Brinkley, pastor of True Faith Community Baptist Church in Antioch. Welcome, Reverend Brinkley. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Please briefly share with our audience a little bit about your background. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here this morning. I am an Oakland native. As far as my theological training and uh, background in that way, I um, from the Allen Temple Baptist Church in Oakland, where I was nurtured, ordained, and licensed under Reverend Dr. J. Alfred Smith Sr. and J., uh, Reverend Dr. J. Alfred Smith Jr. We are from a um, socially conscious and socially aware congregation, highly engaged in activities in the community and highly engaged in social activism uh, in the community as it relates to bringing voice to unvoiced people in the community. And so that's really my my uh, religious, if you will, or spiritual background and upbringing that led me to the work that I am currently doing in a both secular and in a religious background setting. Thank you. Yes. And you are a Bay Area native, right? I am. I'm uh, originally from Oakland, California, raised right in the middle of all the uh, the good stuff, all the noise, all the confusion and all of the... Uh, uh, the hype that goes along with being from Oakland. So I'm very, very in touch with uh, the, the atmosphere, the social landscape, socioeconomic landscape in Oakland, California. So what led you to ministry? Did you hear a powerful voice from above? <laughs> um, I think if I heard a powerful voice from above, it was a very slow speaking voice. Um, in that I probably was very slow to respond to that. But I think that uh, the word ministry at the core of it, which means servant, came from my my work in the community uh, in terms of social justice and in terms of being engaged in community activities. And I think it just kind of branched out from there in terms of doing it on a quote unquote ministry level where the spiritual, you know, ecumenical and um, all of those areas met. So I think it wasn't so much of, of hearing this, uh, you know, lightning bolt, thunderbolt experience, but it was very much a slow thing um, where the work that I was already doing in the community took on a more spiritual um, aspect. Amazing. So growing up in a Baptist church, what are the major changes in the landscape from back then to now? Um, I think growing up, especially in uh, in deep East Oakland, probably where I was becoming conscious in the, in the 70s, where uh, the Black Panther Party and others who were deeply engaged in supporting, or even from the 60s, I would back that up even further because obviously I wasn't involved in anything. I would have been super young at that time. But that was kind of the tapestry through which everything was kind of birthed was coming out of the civil rights movement, coming out of the support for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. um, and having a high awareness of how the black community was being impacted by decisions that were being made at a very uh, national level and from Washington level. The Oakland community was highly engaged and still is, I would like to say, in things that have to do with decisions that are being made in Washington that impact the black community at large. Um, So that's kind of the 
the the background and atmosphere in which I was nurtured and raised and became aware of of where we stand in the community mm. and the work that needed to be done for us. Yes. And speaking of Black Panthers and civil rights movement, how is your ministry affected by social issues? Like how does True Faith address local and national atrocities like the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd? Well, I think it's really even much broader than thinking about um, how we're impacted from a um, from a violence place. Uh, but I think my entry place came from, again, as I was speaking to what the Black Panthers and others were addressing was really about um, uh, f- being raised in a food desert, mm-hmm. um, being raised in places where there was, uh, you know, uh, food scarcity. And not to say that there was not uh, something to eat there, but it certainly was not access to um, highly nutritious food. Uh, you know, there was always a corner store that had 90 percent alcohol in it, but in terms of having fresh food, fresh fruit, and all those kind of things, they were not readily accessible in the neighborhood. And um, it really was it birthed out of a movement, again, from the Black Panther parties, uh, addressing the, the free breakfast and nutrition and sending kids to school uh, without having um, uh, addressed their breakfast needs, their, their nutrition needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so true faith is still very much involved in that, in the tenet of that, in that we address um, food scarcity. We address power inequity uh, for those who are unable to access utilities and able to ac- access housing um, and other that we consider our basic human rights and human human needs. Um, and so we still are, are very, very involved in that. That's the cornerstone of the work that we do. Obviously, we do it from the standpoint of spirituality, um, but also highly engaged from the standpoint of looking at it from um, a socioeconomic situation and how it impacts impacts the black community. Absolutely. If you would let the audience know, like you just said very well about, you know, these specific programs that are for those in the community. If you would speak more broadly about the programs that and services that True Faith offers to the community outside mm-hmm. of, you know, it's faith based, of course, but not necessarily got to get you inside the church house. But like, how yeah. are we making that connection between faith and community and those who are either unaware or who have kind of moved away from the church to kind of get them involved? Sure. So, you know, you don't necessarily uh, from that standpoint, it's not a requirement that you are faith based to be able to. Um, you know, be highly engaged in the needs of the community. Obviously, that's where we where we start from in terms of dealing with holistically the entire person. However, uh, we are in a partnership with other organizations such as TURN, T-U-R-N, which addresses power inequity. And the campaign that we've been engaged in the last few years is called Power at Home. We became aware that looking at a heat map that the Black communities were disproportionately impacted with uh, PG&E power shutoffs. In other words, we already are dealing with exorbitant uh, power shortages in terms of the the rates, the power rates. And so because we're impacted in California by California wildfires, PG&E in a very uh, uh, inequitable fashion cuts off power to certain communities under the guise of being able to protect them from wildfires, but they take a long time to turn our power back on. Well, how does that impact us? If we don't have power in the houses, uh, and I'll give you an example recently, even with COVID, where they sent kids home uh, with laptops, 
that didn't plug into anything. And so we weren't able to stay connected in, in terms of education. Uh, we weren't um, able to stay connected in terms of those who were in the house who had health issues and weren't able to plug into essential medical equipment. Um, we weren't able to adequately uh, heat our homes. We weren't able to, in the in the valleys, able to adequately cool the house so that it was habitable for, uh, for uh, any basic human. And so we became involved very deeply in just the, the power um, equity part of it and thinking about and partnering with TURN to address power structures for PG&E and making sure that the CPUC was addressed and held accountable for uh, making sure that the rates were something that, that made sense and that were equally applied and that the Black community in particular had access to information to, uh, to their rights around power. Wow. That is absolutely an issue in the black community yeah. access mm-hmm, mm-hmm. access to just basic social services you would think correct correct yeah so it's much deeper than you know obviously as i said our approach uh, because we are faith based is to approach the needs of the community in a very holistic fashion and thinking about emotionally spiritually and tactically and physically what we need in order to be uh, not only basically uh, successful in the community, but a thriving community. Yes, you are right on that. So right now we're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsor to catch up on previous episodes of The Black Landscape. Stream on iHeartRadio, Anchor.fm, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Hey fam, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you about it. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast just in one place. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we're back from the break with Reverend Vakia Brinkley. What's been a moment in ministry that's like brought you the most joy so far? Well, um, I guess if I had to, you know, bring it down to one or two moments in particular, I think the areas that bring me the most joy is seeing people be very self-actualized, you know, and being able to see people, a light click on with people where they're able to become their best selves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, for me, uh, and it is tied very much to spirituality, is being able to see people um, overcome some some stigmas around seeking their their most healthy self from a mental standpoint um, seeking counseling. So, and let me just say that I'm very, very engaged and I believe in clinical counseling, um, as well as spiritual counseling to address the whole self. So I think one of my, my, you know, shining star moments, I think is being able to connect some folks that uh, I've been very close to, to some services that I've seen them be able to use those services and leverage those things and leverage the resources that I've connected them to, to turn their lives around and um, become their best selves. Mm. Mm-hmm. And see, 
that's what you're saying that not a lot of other people are saying it's connecting the 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 faith and the mental the spiritual and the emotional like it's it's all part of that holistic body not just one or the other no, I think they work together. And I don't think that you can really fully engage even um, with your, your your deepest spiritual self um, if you are having some um, um, concerns and challenges with mental health. And I think we minimize that quite a bit uh, because of some of the stigmas that are, are, are tied to that. Um, however, if you're dealing with something that, especially from the mental health side of it, that is on the on the side of it where it's very clinical, um, and you're not able to connect um, to others and to your own spiritual self, then it's very hard to just kind of skip over that piece and go to, hey, let's talk about your spiritual side. Hey, let's talk about God. Let's talk about um, others in the community. I don't think that you're really able to do that until you're in a very um, healthy space. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And would you say that that legacy of connecting the two came from your upbringing at Allen Temple? Well, I think that because that was the, you know, a springboard for me, that was the place where the seed was watered, if you will, um, that a lot of my, my philosophies around different things, especially with religion and spirituality came from. Uh, one of the basic tenets of, of the Allen Temple Baptist Church is around education. And so, you know, education is power. And so the more that you are formally educated and are able to connect to different resources, it really opens your mind to uh, what's out there for you and, and, and what things you can use to, to be your best self. So definitely uh, the, the time um, that I've been honored to spend there at the Allen Temple Baptist Church has been a nurturing place for me because of their uh, philosophy and belief in, in, in deep belief in education. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of articles in the last 10 years that have pointed out the seemingly mass exodus of millennials and Gen Z from the traditional churches and into other types of spirituality or none at all. Mm -hmm. How does this affect the current Baptist church and where does that leave leadership? Well, I, you know, I think the need to connect um, to, you know, we kind of focus on this generation and Generation Z, Generation X and all these different uh, genres and think about how we and we love to use this word relevant, right, to be able to say whether or not we are being effective in reaching people. And so I don't think that really if you look back at it from generation to generation that this 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 area of seeking is anything new. We saw the same thing happen in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s where, you know, each new generation is trying to examine and find their own truth. And, and so um, I think it's, it's more about that we have more access to information, more access to numbers and, and things that we kind of felt in our, in our heart and in our spirit about separation. We're able to see actual data to see how many people are not attending, if you will, church services or, or physically connected to things like that. And so we get this sense that there's this, this huge, you know, chasm happening and that people are separating. Um, but I think uh, where that really is at for us in the, in the, especially in the black church is figuring out how we not so much um, use the word relevant, but how we make, make something or make a statement or make situations where it is impactful to our young people and where 
the church experience and spirituality in general has meaning. And I think that's what people are looking for. They're, they're seeking, again, Scientology, astrology. Um, I see an uptick in even uh, places where you can go, you know, tarot readings, crystals, um, everything you can think of. And I, I just see a big upsurge in that. But I think it's really more about seeking and trying to find um, your own uh, your own truth, what is true for you and what uh, what makes you feel like a whole human being. I think that's what people are really looking for rather than really, uh, you know, delineating it as a thing of a, a departure from the church. I think it's more a, um, a seeking and a, and a knowledge based thing or people trying to find something that is resonating for them. Mm. Seeking truth and self. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, at the core of it, that's what the church's job is, right, is to help people uh, to find their truth, true self and, and to put spirituality in the mix, you know, because, again, there's the mental health side of it. There is what your body needs. There's taking care of the body in the temple. And then there's your spiritual side, because we are a multifaceted uh, being. Mm -hmm. So a little birdie told me that you have a beautiful singing voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was me. I'm the bird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of those singing pastors? I am a singing pastor. Um, I, you know, I, I think I shied away from that for some time because people, um, I didn't want to really be viewed as a, a, a person who was leaning into uh, the singing part of it as entertainment, right? And mm. somehow have it be taken away from the seriousness of um, of, of our dire need for a spiritual connection, whatever that looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I've kind of come full circle with that and really realized that singing for me is a communication tool. And, uh, you know, music um, is so universal and it touches so many people without having to really speak words. Um, and so for me, the full circle is really coming back around to a place where using the music um, as a communication. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and thinking about it as it's an awesome gift to be able to use and be able to use music and um, your singing voice to connect with people. So, um, yeah, I'm a singing pastor because that's what I do. I do um, do it well in terms of using it as a communication tool. And and, you know, again, yeah, it's a it's a full circle thing for me that I am uh, once again embracing on a, on a really big basis and looking forward to doing some more work in that in the very near future. In fact, I'm in the middle of a recording project right now that I'm super excited about and looking forward to sharing soon. Ooh, we are so excited to hear the next phase, the next project. Yes, yes. <laughs> Reverend Brinkley, if you would share a little bit about your first album with the people. The project that uh, is very dear to me in terms of the gospel is called Walk With Me. Um, available on all platforms. And um, it really segues into what I'm doing now. This project that I'm working on now is called Singing the Sermon. Mm. Um, and so what, what Walk With Me was about was really connecting with people who were, you know, kind of teetering between this place of, of music and where does music meet spirituality? And it really is storytelling for me that's telling the gospel story, but setting the gospel story to music. So I was very excited to be able to release that. I worked with a lot of, uh, a lot of artists and a lot of people who 
I had connections with from way back. And uh, because of our spiritual journey, we just got to this place where we we weren't talking anymore about, you know, the whole conversation switched to what's happening in the streets, you know, and what's happening with um, all these other, you know, things and talking more about, you know, the storytelling came more uh, about what's happening with my spiritual self, connecting myself with the entire world and and what is my relationship with God. And so Walk With Me was very much about having a, a very intimate conversation with God. Reverend Brinkley, I thank you so much for this time. You've been a lovely guest. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate um, the invitation and having an opportunity to share with you. Yes, please tell the audience where they can find you and True Faith Community Baptist Church. Thanks so much. Uh, we can be found uh, through www.true-faith.org uh, to be able to connect with you individually. Um, I would love it if you drop me a line on there and just um, ask for a reach out on Sunday mornings. We broadcast live on many platforms, primarily on Facebook. We can be seen there at 11 o'clock a.m. And uh, we're connected throughout the community on many platforms um, as I'm honored to serve as the first female uh, elected officer in PNBC Southwest region. Um, so we can also be seen on that page and be connected in that work. And of course, the music, the music, the music, right? Yeah. Um, on Amazon, on, uh, you know, all of the other uh, platforms, Spotify, um, every other platform that you can think of, we're out there. And I am Vikia Brinkley. Uh, uh, no stage names, no trick names, just Vicky and <laughs> Brinkley. So, uh, you know, please do connect. I would love to hear from any and all of you um, and would consider it counted all joy and a blessing. Thank you all out there for listening and supporting another season. This has been another episode of The Black Landscape, where Black excellence is always trending.